Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, Clayton, we got a letter from someone uh, regarding our conversation about the would you rather question, like a couple episodes back about like these open or closed doors, like would you rather be able to open or close a door? Who is that letter from? My mom. My mom. Uh, Clayton's mommy reached out again. Yeah. So uh, she reacted to the question. And if you recall, this is maybe, I don't know, a month ago, we had this question that was, would you rather uh, not be able to open doors or close doors? And Eric thought that this was an obvious answer, that it was easy. Like, you don't want to get trapped in a room. So of course you're going to like, you know, be able to open doors. And so we talked about this a little bit. Uh, But my mom said... No, 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 no. Neither of these are okay. And and what she explained is, she says, as someone who is extremely claustrophobic and modest, I am not sure my psyche would endure either. Enduring either choice for any length of time would cause me to lose my mind. And she worries that if she lost her mind, she would then be institutionalized and be in a place where they wouldn't let her close the bathroom door for her safety or let her out because the doors are closed. So she would be stuck with both problems. She went really it, Yes, really she, deep she thought this through. Like, like she, yeah, she really... Mold this one over. Way so, to go, mom. So, Dante's fourth layer of hell for your mother would be would be the men's room at Wrigley Field. Oh gosh, no modesty, no room. It's bad. It's bad. I have had multiple people come up to me and talk to me about this question that we explored. Would you rather never be able to open doors or never be able to close doors? And we approached the question very literally, which mm-hmm. made me say. Of course you would want to be able to open doors. Otherwise, you're perpetually stuck for the rest of your life. And the only downside I could think of is someone watching you go to the bathroom, which for me, they can just walk away if they don't want to watch. So uh, we, we all talked about this very literally. Mm-hmm. But multiple people have come up and talked to me and said, when you asked that question, Nikki, they immediately went figurative. Oh. And they were baffled that we were talking figurative. at such a low level. So wow. they said, of course you would want to close a door on a bad relationship, or of, clo- of course you would want to close a door on a season of life. So we had a lot of listeners thinking f- about figurative doors, not literal doors. But then wouldn't you also want to open a door on a relationship or open a door on a new season of life? Like, how do you choose between that then? It gets even harder. Yeah, I, I think most of them were coming from the perspective of that means that you could never put an end to something bad that's um, going on in your life. Wow, that's really deep. Yeah. Meanwhile, we were just talking about whether or not you're okay with other people watching you go to the bathroom. Which I'm not, by the way, no. just to be clear on this one. <laughs> Did you feel like you <laughs> just, needed I to just, clarify I just want to clarify that. Because Eric phrased it as if they don't want to watch. I'm worried if they do. So <laughs> anyway. The, that just got weird. The fact, that, the fact that it was metaphorical at all did not cross our mind. I think we got there like later in the passage. But I, I'm now I'm pondering this. I just so, never even thought. Okay, so your mom took it really deep in one direction and then... A bunch of our listeners apparently took it really deep in another direction. That's yeah, incredible. And, and I and I sensed a little bit of disappointment at our lack of depth <laughs> in our exploration of that question. We're more so, simple-minded than so. Think. Let us try to redeem ourselves by talking about Holy Week, great. which is about wow. the, it was just about the deepest thing. <laughs> great you segue. Could that was a great talk segue. About. <laughs> hey, Holy Week is coming up in a few weeks, and there is a lot going on at Christ Community that we want to remind you about and make you aware of. And so, of course, Holy Week starts on Palm Sunday. 
and I will be preaching Palm Sunday at Christ Community Church. And then we have something going on all week, which leads us into Good Friday. Uh, That is called Stations of the Cross, and it is being hosted at two of our five campuses. So at our DeKalb campus, it's going to be hosted on Good Friday and Good Friday only. At the St. Charles South Elgin campus, it is hosted all day, every day, Monday through Friday, and you have to reserve your arrival time slot. And here is why it is open so many days and why there are time slots. It has become an increasingly popular event. But if too many people show up at the same time, it diminishes the experience. Mm. And so we decided instead of just having it open two days, which is what we did, we did two or three days last year, uh, it has gotten to the point where we need to have it running all five days during Holy Week. And you go online and you sign up for a 15-minute arrival slot. And there are morning slots, afternoon slots, evening after work slots. So Stations of the Cross, which is essentially art exhibit meets prayer experience. And so you go through the different stations uh, leading up to the crucifixion and resurrection. There are art renderings. There's a guidebook that walks you through the whole experience. It's, it's really fantastic. And that leads us to Good Friday. Who's preaching Good Friday, Clayton? I am. Hey. Well, not just me. Not just me. We've also got uh, campus pastors live mm-hmm. at each campus, so that'll be great. Uh, we're going to be in the Book of Romans. We've been in the Book of Romans during this Lent season, and so we're looking at a passage that talks about the cross and how it shows us the love of God. And uh, I just got together with the campus pastors to do some study on the passage to get us ready for this. And in that conversation, we were deeply moved. So I'm already really excited about uh, what this is going to be for us, because there's just some beauty in the passage we're looking at. And then what happens all Easter weekend, Nikki? That's We've, that's your show, right? That's right. We've got Easter services at all of our campuses. You can go online and, and find our, our Easter service times. But our team is uh, just over our heads in creating creative elements for this and tracks and music and uh, built, like getting our teams ready. I, I like our, Tim, our, our visual storytelling director, he just went to Home Depot to go buy a bunch of drop cloths because like next week they start working on a bunch of art for it. So it's going to be incredible. Really exciting. Uh, so go check out the website for service times. And just a reminder, we record these episodes a few weeks in advance. So when Nikki says he's buying drop cloths <laughs> to start working on it next week, what you're thinking, that's only two weeks before Easter. Ah, yeah, Don't, yeah. Shouldn't they be working on this stuff no. further in advance? The answer is yes. We are yeah. working on it farther in advance, for sure. Easter, Easter takes a little bit of effort. It does. A little bit. All right, Clayton, what passage are we getting into? All right, we are going to be in the book of Philippians. We're going to be in chapter four, which is the last chapter of the book, but this is actually the first time we're talking about Philippians. Philippians is not a long book, so we've just been reading it for this week, and I happen to pick a passage towards the end. So let me give you just big picture, book of Philippians. Uh, It's a letter written by Paul. We've been doing a lot of Paul's letters recently, and it's a really uh, positive letter. Sometimes Paul has letters where he is kind of correcting something, or he's kind of got to, you know, get stern uh, about something. This is one where the Philippians are just a really encouraging group, and Paul's giving them a lot of encouragement as well. And in this particular passage, he is talking about some of the generosity that the Philippians have shown him. So uh, Paul you know, traveled around, and in order to support his ministry, there were different churches that would uh, help out and things. And so um, he's, he's talking to the Philippians, uh, especially in light of the fact that they weren't a very rich church but they were still very generous. So we're going to look at what this passage has to say about that. Uh, If you do want to know more about Philippians, uh, as always, we recommend going to the Bible Project videos or reading the introduction uh, to a good study Bible, and you can learn more about that there. But Eric, if you would be willing to read in Philippians 4, starting in verse, oh my goodness. That's early. That sound means it's time for your comma tip of the week. Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi. (laughs) 
Colossae. The people who lived there were called Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Paul traveled around starting churches in these cities with these people and then wrote letters to them. So exactly where is Philippi? The C in the comma method is context, and sometimes the most basic context question is very helpful. That question is, where are we? So use those maps in your study Bible or Google Philippi or Paul's missionary journeys. A picture, or a map in this case, is worth a thousand words. And this has been your comma tip of the week. Well, now I feel like I got to answer the question where it is, or do you just want them to find it out themselves? They can look at a map. I love how you oh, just looked goodness. at your map in the back. I, of your I did study look at Bible. the map. I was like, I think I know exactly where it is. It's in it's in Macedonia, mm-hmm. and it was named so. Alexander the Great, his father was named Philip of Macedon, and this was named after him. So there you go. Not that that matters because you don't know who Philip of Macedon is either. <laughs> and you should still look at the map. You should still go look at the map. Yeah. All right. Philippians chapter four, starting in verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, we're going to go on to the O in comma, which is observation. So what do you see here? At the end of that passage, when he said that little like doxology there, I just wanted to say, like, this is the word of the Lord. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> um, I, I, like, well, I think we, we talked about it. Just a, there's a lot of thanksgiving. There's a lot of rejoicing. There's a lot of, like, joy in this passage. Um, even in the midst of what seems like could have been a very, uh, like, a possibly trying time and a time of, of deep need for uh, Paul, he was so thankful for people. My first observation is very basic. He's talking about money. Yep. He's talking about people meeting other people's needs financially. Yeah, I I noticed here too that there is some uh, navigating of kind of social pressure. So he says at the beginning, like he's, he's saying, oh, I'm so glad that you were able to kind of like express your, you know, love and support of me. But then he says, not that I'm like asking for more money. So he, uh, he says it in verse 11. He's like, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Like, I'm not asking for more. You've helped me before. I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I simply am expressing gratitude. And yet he's also encouraging the posture that they have of, look, you're doing something that's really, really important. It's been so helpful. Uh, he wants this to be their attitude, but he's also not trying to put additional pressure on them. There's kind of weirdness when you, you talk about money and, and giving and things like that. Yeah, it's interesting that he says, like, 
you I, like he's great. He's grateful that they had renewed their concern for him. Um, but then he says, like, you were concerned, but you didn't have an opportunity to show it. Almost like you, you heard I might have been in need, but maybe at that point when you first heard of it, you you couldn't act. But now at some point you did, and you like you heard about it, and you acted. Like I think about like that in just like general terms. Like sometimes when we hear of something going on in the lives of people that we know, sometimes we might not always know how to act. And then maybe that like light bulb happens later. And it's just the question of like, okay, so are you going to do something or not when that, when that does happen? If one of the things that we're looking for when we're doing observation in the comma method is truths about God, then there is the same truth I think said twice here. One is Paul's talking about, I've learned how to live in both seasons, when I'm in need and when I have plenty. And he says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. So somehow a truth about God is God is able to give us the strength to live in any season we're, we're enduring. Uh, and then further on in verse 19, he says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So there again, you have God being able to supply whatever it is that we need in whatever season we're in. One uh, observation I have here is in verse 13. Uh, verse 13 is actually a very famous verse, and it's it sounds like it's quoted wrong in our version of the Bible. So uh, you'll notice this. I don't know if you heard this when, when Eric read it. Uh, it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Uh, the most like traditional way of translating that in most translations is I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, the interesting thing is the the folks who translated the NIV, they realized that that was actually misleading people about how this verse applies. So um, the the really flagrant way that it gets misapplied is sort of when people kind of only only quote part of it and they say, I can do all things. And it's just kind of an inspirational, like, I can do it. I can, you know, like whatever challenge I'm going to face, I can do it all. Um, and that's not really the spirit of what's going on in here. Um, it, Paul's talking about something really specific where he's saying, I, he, he says it right, the context right beforehand. He says, I've learned to be content, meaning I, 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 can, I can be present in, in any of these circumstances and, and be all right. And then he describes them. I can, I can do it when I've got a lot, when I've got a little, when I'm hurting, when I'm not. Like, I can be content. I can, I can be okay in those moments. That's the thing that God makes him able to do. Uh, it's not just kind of a blanket statement that says, whatever you aim at, God will make it so that you can do that. Certainly, when there are challenges or things that God says, I'm going to call you to do something big, he empowers us for that. But in this particular context, it's not addressing that sort of general, um, I can do anything kind of idea. Yeah. So any of you college students that are listening to this podcast, it is not okay to not study for your exam and then quote that verse. <laughs> well, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. So Jesus, help me pass this exam. If you didn't study, you're probably going to fail. <laughs> There you go. That's that's your application. And this has been another. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is something I, I will add to that. Um, the things he addresses, though, of being content when you don't have a lot or when you're wondering, you know, how, how many needs are going to be met is, in fact, a really difficult thing to do. You know what I mean? So it doesn't minimize the verse. In fact, it addresses some of the hardest things that we have to go through in life. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that he, he says that I have learned the secret. He calls it a secret. Uh, that this that the contentment and the the confidence through Christ, the fact that He can supply uh, everything He needs, whether that's just enough or plenty, um, 
is a secret. It's like not everybody gets that, you know. Um, another thing that I, I really stood out to me is verse 14, um, yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Um, and I, I think of that and I say, you know, when, when we see people in, in trouble or struggling or in need, um, sometimes I think people are hesitant to enter into those those moments with people. Um, but he says it, it's good. It is good to do that. I want to go back to the the secret. What is the secret? I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. To me, it was, it was that his contentment and the confidence came through Christ. It was that, it was that he was going to be supplied in and through Christ. Is it not? That's what I thought it was. So yeah. I, I, maybe uh, maybe I'm missing something, but I think the the fact that the strength comes from Jesus. Yeah, it's not the circumstance; it's it's Christ. So part of the secret is that He can't. Yes, right. and when you realize you can't, and that Jesus can. Yeah, dependence on then, Christ. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. I mean, you mentioned a secret, but we didn't talk about it. And I, I didn't want our podcast. You don't give away pod- secrets. I didn't want our podcast <laughs> listeners emailing in and saying you didn't tell us what the secret is. I've got an observation in verse 18. I noticed some language uh, that I've heard in other places. It says, uh, it's talking about the, the gifts that he's received, and it says, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And especially that fragrant offering and sacrifice language comes up in other places in the Bible when it's talking about the temple or the tabernacle. When we've read some of those Old Testament passages, you might have heard that. And I think it's really interesting for Paul to be writing to this is a um, a Gentile group they're in they're in what's now Greece, and so he's saying, "Here's what you're doing: when you give, when you offer some of the stuff you have to meet someone else's need, it is like standing in the temple like a priest and having the the beautiful scent of this fragrance that goes up to to represent our prayers and our worship and our gratitude to God. Like that's what you're doing. Sometimes when um, we you know, uh, give something some something to somebody to meet their need. We just think of it as like either an obligation. You know, I'm supposed to you know give some money or whatever, or you know, I, I'm just kind of doing my duty. Or well, you know, it's just sort of some sort of ordinary transaction. It's kind of material thing. It's not. You know, it's not spiritual. Um, but Paul puts it in the most spiritual terms. It's saying it's like a gift in the presence of God. Like it's a truly sacred thing that you're you're doing when you do that. One question that I had was in verse 17, he says, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. When I first read that, I was like, so does he desire that they would get more money? Um, and then I read in the, the study note, it, it talked about the, I, this idea of like spiritual dividends. Like, explain that. To, like, like in terms Spirit. of what? <laughs> she, by the way, she just looked at Clayton when she said explain that, so I'm off yeah. the hook on this. Yeah, no, you Spiritual can dividends. Guess what it said in the study Bible. Well, guess in what? The NIV I, study didn't write Bible? The, I didn't write the study Bible Clayton, notes. can you please explain everything that's in the study notes? <laughs> I was just like, that's super what, vague. Like, what was it talk? Sp- spiritual dividends. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because the, the language in the Bible is, I desire that more be credited to your account. So it's kind of a banking metaphor, yeah. you know what I mean, I guess, or, a, or you know, money metaphor. Um, and so it uses the, I'll read the note to you. Let's see what it says. It says, uh, the quote, investment value of the Philippians gift is not primarily what Paul received, but the quote, spiritual dividends that they received, which 
I don't know if that's a helpful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, note. so I was like, what does that okay. mean? Here, here uh, you, like you got an interpretation. Yeah. Well, I'll say what's obvious in the text. Paul is saying, I don't need anymore. I, I have all that I need now. But I like the fact that you continue to give because God sees your giving and he's a rewarder. And whether it's material things or spiritual things, or God has a way of rewarding people when they're engaged in the kinds of things that make him smile. Mm. Yeah. That would be I, yes. my general approach to that. I that, think that's that makes, right. That makes much more sense. I wish the people in the NIV study Bible would just read I, it. I that think way. they were trying to track along with the fact that he's talking about money, right? Yeah. He's talking about uh, be credited to your account. I have received full payment, have more than enough. I think yeah. he's kind of in that monetary category. Yeah. And there might even be a little bit of trying to clarify. This isn't just saying you're gonna you, you give stuff you get stuff. It could also be spiritual. There's there's a, just a, a general sense of you know what what Eric was saying of God's a, a rewarder of people who are generous. Makes sense. Thank you guys. All right, let's move on to the message. Uh, that would be the first M in comma, where we take some of the things we observed and we sum up in about a sentence uh, a meaning, a message, a principle that we can take from the passage. My message comes from verse 14, um, yet it was good for you to share in my trouble. So it, it, is, it is good to share concern and to share in the troubles of others. My message from this text is it is blessed both to give and to receive. Jesus puts a qualifier on it. It's actually more blessed to give than receive. But both ends, both ends of the transaction are blessed. Uh, my message here is in the ups and downs of circumstances, all you need is Jesus and some generous friends. So I, I think I think uh, Paul is talking here. He says, look, I've got the secret to be content, which is Jesus gives me the strength in whatever the circumstances. But he also recognizes that the way that Jesus provided was through the Philippians. And he's saying, you you are the means that that Jesus gave me strength in this circumstance. And so um, I, I think that's important to say. We need Jesus. We also need friends, and that's that's how we get through circumstances. All right, let's talk about meditation. Uh, this is when we take a moment to prayerfully ponder a section of Scripture. Um, and so I am going to read verse 19 here, uh, the conclusion of this, and give you about 45 seconds to, to pray it through. It says, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Let's talk about A, application. What are we going to do in response to this passage? So my application is pretty close to your message in the sense that um, it's it's acknowledging uh, the people in our lives who are in need. Maybe they're in trouble with something, you know, financially, spiritually, physically. They need a little support. They need a little, encur- a little bit of encouragement. Um, and then it's also, too, on the flip side, is 
to recognize when we are in need, to recognize when we need to ask people for support and help. Um, I think sometimes we could be eager to step in and maybe help somebody else, but maybe we're not so eager to admit when we need it. So um, it's just it's just this idea that we both we, we all need each other, and it blesses both sides. Uh, when we're when well, it's kind of like his message too. It, it's just it's just the acknowledgement that yeah, we need we need each other. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with this text, but I know what makes me excited about it. If I said I was going to meet so, some need that you you had according to my riches, it might be okay. But if God meets our needs according to His riches, yeah. that's a whole different level of supply. Uh, so here's the word picture in my head. I don't know what to do with this, but. If the scriptures tell us that God owns everything, so anything that we have, he is just allowing us to manage temporarily, right? We can't take it with us when we're gone from the earth. So we are temporary managers. And if it says God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches, and you think about everyone that is managing God's stuff all over the place, and there's a need. So if we're the managers of his stuff, one of the ways that he supplies our needs according to his riches is stuff that we're managing. Mm -hmm. So we use it to supply to meet needs and 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 uh, help people out. So I, I guess my I'm talking I'm verbally processing right now on a podcast, which is not the best. Uh, I guess I would say to enjoy the fact that God owns everything, and we are temporary managers. And when we can meet someone's need, it's as if God himself is doing it and we get to play a part in it. That's a pretty fun thought. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. That is really cool. Uh, for mine, which is what you need in each circumstance is Jesus and your friends and your generous friends. Um, it's similar to what Nikki said. I, I think there's a temptation when uh, you're going through a hard time to withdraw um, where uh, it's not everybody, but a lot of people will feel either embarrassed by their need or they will feel uh, like they're imposing on someone or they'll feel so... Um, kind of discouraged by it, that they withdraw from prayer. They might feel, you know, maybe God's distant, he's not meeting my need, or you withdraw from community, friendship, uh, connection with people, and then you're not expressing your need to anybody. You're not, you're not praying and saying, Jesus, I have this need, meet it with your riches, and saying to your friends, hey, this is where I'm at, and giving them an opportunity to be the answer to that prayer. Um, and it takes, it takes a little bit of... Um, it feels like we're swallowing our pride. You know what I mean? Like to say, all right, I got, I got to share this. But the reality is, like Nikki was saying, we're all in need. Like there, there, there's always a time. Like Paul wasn't saying, man, it's just he's just I'm always asking, I'm always asking. He was, he was all right, but he still could let people know, like, all right, this is the need that we've got going on. Um, and he supplied needs sometimes, and sometimes needs were supplied to him. That's part of what it means to be a part of the Christian community is to say, hey, I'm in need right now, and there, there. Are, People who will step up and say, all right, what are we going to do about that? Uh, so not be afraid to say so. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along, you can check it out at BibleSavvy.com. Download it. Start reading with us today. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.